Welcome to Real Nerds. My name is Ryan. Next to my left is Brad. To my right is James. And to my far right is our live studio audience. Uh, With this one week, dude in it. <laughs> this oh yeah, Stuart's here too. This week, all the movies at the multiplex suck donkey dick. So we went ahead and watched Red State. How do you know that you didn't even uh, see them? Wait, wait, wait! I don't wait. need to see. How do I know, know that, that? one the of them was Paul W. Sanderson and the other one was Paranormal Activity three? That's so unfair, you guys. Yeah, no. it is unfair, but we're cynical. No, movie it's goers. not. That dude made a movie so bad that even though it was titled Resident Evil, I still didn't enjoy it. Oh, I thought you were talking about Alien vs. Predator. Anyway. <laughs> oh. Oh. No, I own that movie. Yeah. Me too. It doesn't get any better every time you watch it. No, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. You know, if it, it has it some cool Predator moments, but that's about it. Yeah. That's why I like it. Because I'm a... Well, well the... when I was the age that I was when that movie came out, I was a bigger Predator fan than I was an Alien fan. And then I grew up. But see, I'm still a big Predator Ooh. fan compared to uh, the Alien. That's right. Those oh, yeah. are fighting words, Brad. They are fighting words. Aliens are just dumb animals. Well, yeah, it's no, no, two, no. two against Alien. one. The movie Alien is Predator's better than the movie Predator. Predator's a cold, calculating killer. Uh, so since the movies at the multiplex suck, what are we going to uh, do, oh, yeah. guys? Yeah, we watched uh, Red State this week, and we've, it's actually the second time we've seen it. I don't think we talked on a podcast. No, we didn't. That we went and saw it when Kevin Smith came to town. Now, we watched the movie, and he had a Q&A afterwards, and... James asked the first oh. question. Well, the second question, because the first question was god awful. Yeah, it and was. Uh, the second question when James asked it, it Kevin very Smith provoking. Yeah, Kevin Smith talked for an hour. No, no, 40, no, forty. It was 40 minutes. twenty minutes. You did got. It was twenty no, minutes. No, forty minutes. Brad recorded it. It was something. not. Yeah. It was twenty minutes. I was there. Fine, and I had an to hour. stand the whole time, <laughs> and my legs got tired. Okay, let's just say that it was a long time. It was a long. Yeah, he answered his. It was an accomplishment. It was the longest one of the night. Twenty minutes year. sounds like it wasn't very much when you guys saw it was like a hundred hours. You know. Wow, that was an awkward clap. It was. So, hey, before we start that, hey, we got something new happening in Real News. It's Real News! Sweet! I hope everybody loved our new audio 1920s clip that was found in a library. Who did that? Uh, the... Steve? Joseph He was just here. He was a... Wise newscaster on radio in the 20s, and he was assassinated because he said Woodrow Wilson was a terrible president. Didn't he have a magnificent barbecue empire? He does. He also has uh, Birdman Barbecue, which you can pick up at NER's hardware. Brought to you, Real Nerds is always brought to you by Real News. The dog's in all the attention. Uh, <laughs> the dog being the one guy in the audience. Anyways, um, Birdman Barbecue, pick it up here. You know, I bought, I bought some of that this week. I yeah. had to go into an Ace Hardware and find it on this funny little shelf that they have near the door. Mm-hmm. And I bought it along with a cherry uh, cherry Coca-Cola, nice. which I drank. But I did not uh, consume in any way the, the, the sauce. But I am a step closer to consuming you've some. You've purchased it, so you've helped them. I, uh, yes, So you I have contributed to our, uh, our sponsor's fund. Yeah. So, anyways, real news. Uh, I'll start because I really didn't have too much, I guess. Oh, good. That I was so into this week. Um, but a couple things caught my fancy. One, George Romero is actually going to adapt a book called The Zombie Autopsies, which takes place at the end of the zombie apocalypse. And it's a medical drama where they cut open the zombies and see things and i thought it was kind of interesting because he usually writes original material and it'll be interesting to see what he does with it is he really writing original material when it's like the 11th movie about the same thing is it really original uh james he's only directed six zombie movie seven zombie movies. well all i know is land of the dead was shitty i disagree why do you think land of the dead was shitty I just didn't enjoy it. I don't know. There was some weird shit in there. I liked it. And I guess, like, as a whole, he's doing some kind of arc where, like, the zombies get smarter. But I don't give a shit. You know, that actually started in Day of the Dead. The zombies were getting smarter. I Yeah, I think I've only seen the first one and then Land of the Dead. Yeah. So maybe I'm not a fan. Yeah. Maybe I, I, I should. I, I would maybe s- I should. I would say you're not a fan. Okay. Well, but yeah, anyway. I thought it was interesting because he's never adapted a a story before. He's... That is uh, besides, I mean, uh, but it is. It's I guess right creep show he kind of did, um, oh. and monkey shines. But uh, this one's more of, you know, he's taken, uh, yeah, a zombie story and he's kind of putting his spin on it while 
the story's already been written, so... Yeah. I think it'd be interesting. I hope he returns. Survival of the Dead wasn't that good. Had its moments, but it was like... What was the one before that? Diary of the Dead? Uh, yes. Was that one very good? It was alright. So has he made a good movie in a while? Ah, uh, yeah, I think Land of the Dead's good. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, But he doesn't really make movies that circular. often. He is... Like, he made Night Living Dead in 68, yeah. and then I think Dawn of the Dead... Well, he made Martin in between... It's like a movie every four or five years. He really doesn't... Oh, yeah. And they, I read an interview with him, and they asked him to direct a couple episodes of The Walking Dead, and he decided he didn't want to do it just like the Resident Evil movie because he feels that Kirkman, while he enjoys the comic books, he doesn't know if his if he brought his vision, it'd be right for the right oh, I see for it. Like, not that he wouldn't want to do it, but he doesn't feel like how he shoots and how he does zombies is in the same kind of yeah cuz it wouldn't be universe it, it would feel not like you were getting him because of his talent you were getting him because of his name exactly because he's a he's a legend in that you know and the truth is walking dead doesn't need that no uh, yeah, as we will talk about later yeah it's fine and i saw another piece oh these uh frank oz is upset with the muppets because he read oh. the script for it, and he, I didn't know that Frank Oz was one of those people. Yeah, I, I read about this, but I he's didn't Miss know. Miss Piggy. Um, no, no, I, I know that, but I didn't know that. Uh, the article I read just called them sort of the the Muppets old guard. Yeah, you know, I, the people I, who used to be in charge of the Muppets. I didn't know that Frank Oz himself was. Yeah, because he he read the script, and I guess Kermit and Fozzie fart in it, and he says that's really not their humor. And it's, I mean, Jason Siegel wrote the script with the guy yeah. who wrote for getting Sarah Marshall with him. Right, and I. I, I I can see their point of view, but I also think that if the Muppets want to be relevant today, you kind of have to change their sense of humor. Unfortunately, now now fart jokes may not be the right thing. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't but, know. That, yeah, um, uh, but you know they still have to make it different. You know, you can't. Part of the problem with this whole thing is that these guys have not seen the movie. They don't actually know how it plays out in the actual film. They yeah. just read the script. You read the script. Yeah, and, I agree. And like, yeah, I heard the same thing about the fart jokes, especially, and that seems very. Like, a, it seems like a specific complaint. Yeah. And perhaps too specific, you know? Yeah. Where, you know, it might be really funny in the movie, and if it's really funny in the movie, then why does it matter? If, yeah. if the movie still has the the heart and the message of a Muppets movie, of a Jim Henson's kind of story, mm-hmm. and has things that are funny, then why does it matter? Well, yeah, Jim Henson's family actually said that they're actually excited that Disney bought them, and that they're actually going to put another movie out, and they're kind of re... Yeah, getting the brand out there. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the old guard some takes... Muppets is better than no Muppets at all. Yeah. And the old guard can take solace in the fact that Jim Henson's name is actually not on the product. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's Disney's now, so it can be Disney's fart joke yeah. Muppets. <laughs> yeah. Jim Henson's will always but be But I still think it's one of the best trailers I've seen this year. Because oh, it's, oh, yeah, it's the so misleading. And, right. uh, yeah. it's, well, all, all of the trailers. You know, All the ones that are like pretending to be other movies. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You got anything else? Uh, I don't think so, but maybe I'll remember something. You can... Uh, fucking Christ, dude. I swear to God I'm going to kill someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you get, you well, guys have, we can We can keep I moving. I guess I'll do my news since it's free. Oh, oh you got moved? Okay. Yeah. Dude. Brad's, well, I hate for Ryan to not be here when Brad is... I already like, talked to him about it, so... It's not that big a thing. It's just... Okay. Uh, I was just going to... Uh, alert people to the fact that uh, there might be a six-minute Dark Knight Rises um, preview in front of Ghost Protocol there this might. Yeah, December. Gonna... So uh, was, in was the IMAX version, that wasn't that wasn't confirmed. Absolutely. Um, I never, when I read stuff online, I never really oh. accept it as confirmed unless. Right, right, right. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Yeah. So because things change all the time. But anyway, and the interesting thing about that is that it seems like because they're calling it a prologue, it seems like it's definitely not something that's going to be in the movie. Correct. Um, it, or is it like what they did? Because they did the same kind of thing I with Dark like, Knight, yeah. where they showed sort of the beginning of the bank robbery that opens that movie in IMAX screens, and but I don't think they called that the. I think it's what the article referred to it as. It's okay, probably not the correct term, but so hopefully they'll make that clear beforehand. Because if it's <laughs> if it's the first few minutes of the movie, then I don't want to see it. I don't <laughs> I don't give a shit. You don't need to show me some of that movie or how that movie's going to open beforehand. Well, I was telling if Ryan it's, if it's completely separate, then I absolutely want to see it. Well, I was telling Ryan it's only in the IMAX versions, right. and based on our luck with going to try to see trailers. We should probably just skip trying to see see it and wait till it comes out on the internet. <laughs> yeah, later yeah, in the yeah. week, and people right. can tell us like if it's part of the movie or. Well, wow, like I said, it'll probably be clear when things get closer. You know, if it's, um, if it's really a prologue where it might be important, 
then I would almost expect it to be more than just on IMAX, you know? Mm-hmm. I would expect them to, like, really try and sell... Not that I think they need to sell Mission Impossible 4 more than that, but you see what I'm saying? Mm. Like, if it were really important, I think they would get it out there more than just IMAX. So it probably is just the first few minutes. Yeah, that's um, what I'm thinking. And why would they waste Which means I will, invo- I will avoid it like the plague. It's an expensive movie. I, I doubt they'd, you know, spend all that effort to create an extra six minutes for something that's only going to live yeah. on for a little while. So Yeah, unless it were, like, just a fun, you know, like if somebody else directed it and it had the same actors, yeah. but it was, like, just a fun little offshoot. Um, so, yeah, that's all I got. That's, yeah. that's the thing that excited me. Um, what do you got, James? Well, let's see. What's a good one we can talk about while Ryan's still wrong? Okay, so they're making a Punisher TV show for I Fox. I about that. Yeah, I don't think this is a good idea at all. Why like, is that, James? Well, part of what's cool about the Punisher is it's a pretty hardcore comic and story that's, you know, in some ways he's like Batman only in a real world where instead of being rich and then being able to become a superhero... Which he really is. I mean, they say, like, Batman doesn't have superpowers, but he's pretty damn lucky that every time he gets caught, he gets hung over acid and shit mm-hmm. instead of just shot in the face. <laughs> Whereas the thing with Frank Castle is, you know, he's a soldier and his whole family gets killed, the same as Batman. Well, slightly different, but the same as Batman. And then he just goes and he just fucking kills bad people. Like, that's yeah. really, that's what he does. And that's a pretty hardcore story to turn into, like, a Fox episodic. Like, this week, Frank Castle kills some German dude. Like, that's not... I don't think that that will work at all. Plus, recently with what Fox has been doing with TV shows, they make things that sound like they might be cool, they have a little bit of balls, and then they cancel it anyway. So who really gives a shit what Fox is doing? Um, and plus, even though, like, I don't know, I think the Punisher, pu- Punisher probably only works in the comics because obviously with the way people have treated the two new movies. The movies, yeah. yeah. Well, I, obviously I actually there's not really, much interest. In, is Thomas Jane going to be the Punisher? That's all that matters. I really like Thomas Jane as the Punisher. Yeah, Am I the only one? Yeah. Like, I didn't think the Punisher with him was that bad. No, no, no. The people Warzone make, one's People cartoonish. make fun of it. I, I never saw the Warzone one, dude. That's the one that has uh, the guy with his face all sewed up, right? Yeah. Yeah, see, that's insane. Whereas the other one's just, like, they're gangsters. He's like a Joel Schumacher version of the Punisher. <laughs> Ugh, that sounds horrible. Um, you guys will be excited, though, because they're going to make two more Transformers movies. Oh, cool. And I'm going to make you go see them. Uh, but. That's not true. <laughs> Wait, that I'm gonna make you go see him? <laughs> no, that uh, I read something that uh, Michael Bay was denying that. Well, no, he's no, no. He's not officially signed what, on to do that. What he's saying is that he is not tied to direct them, and he's been saying this since he was making uh, the third one, which he was saying like, I'm making the third one, and that's it for me. Like, I'm not directing these movies anymore. I'm gonna go make some other shit that explodes. Bad Boys um, Three. Fuck yes, <laughs> Bad Boys Three. If we are lucky, he's making Bad Boys Three. Yeah. Because Mar- <laughs> you mean if Mark Lawrence is lucky? <laughs> <laughs> No, if we're lucky, I want Martin Lawrence back in a good way. Um, Cause man, the dark, the, the the Black Knight is not a good movie. Let me just. Um, so yeah, they're making two more Transformers movies, possibly shooting them back to back. Yeah, and somebody else is going to direct them. That's all right. And yeah. Shia LaBeouf might not be in them. Uh, no, no, no. Jason Bummer. Statham might be in because them because he's beating people up outside of nightclubs or getting beat up I just read that he got beat up outside yeah, yeah. I saw that I saw the video you gotta go defeat the Decepticons <laughs> but you don't actually see him get beat up you just see him on the ground and like this giant hairy shirtless dude hanging over him I think he was blowing that, sh- that, that shirtless dude <laughs> that's what I think um, so I got really mad when my phone rang but it was actually kind of a cute story today is my assistant's uh, birth, little boy's birthday and he went and did a and you made her work yeah, it's a boy guy. Dick Boss. Um, and anyways, uh, I took him to do deliveries with me, and you know, setting up catering orders. And then afterwards, we went to Barnes and Noble, and um, he wanted a graphic novel, and he picked out Scott Pilgrim versus the World, and he read it from front to back, you know, finished it. And then my assistant just called me, and he said that uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World was on TV just now, Dude. and man, he wanted to call me and tell me that it's the coolest movie he's ever seen. <laughs> so nice. I think so, too. So it's kind of funny. Created another nerd. Totally. Best movie 2010, no matter what you guys say. Um, I agreed. Oh, did you put it in your top? I did. But one? people who listen to this podcast don't know that unless they listen oh, to Oh, that's right. That was in our, yeah. That was in the okay. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway. Um, Matt Reeves, who directed Let Me In and Cloverfield, who we are pretty big fans of. I don't know how I you guys a, feel yeah, about Cloverfield. I love Cloverfield. Um, yeah, but we all love Let Me In, correct? Right? I haven't seen it. I've oh, seen you still this. haven't seen it? I saw the original. Oh, well, yeah, I saw the original too, but the the, the new one, it's drama-wise, is better. definitely better. 
Um, the shot in the pool, which you already know, is not as good. But that's obvious because the shot in the pool in Let the Right One In is just brilliant. Mm. Um, and the thing that like everybody talked about, like the reason people talked about that movie was that shot was so cool. Um, anyway, he has been picked to direct a Twilight Zone movie. Interesting. Are you guys Twilight Zone fans? I think it's okay. Like every once in a while, if I was like watching Nick at Night, I'd, right. I'd, I'd watch a Twilight Zone. Yeah, I, I think um, the setup for it is way cooler than sometimes the actual. Oh, absolutely. They're um, definitely hit or miss uh, um, shows, I guess. And I think I think because of the time that they were made, they're so they can be so heavy handed yeah. that they don't necessarily play today. But if you watch them sort of in context, I think especially the really good episodes like Kick the Can or you know those episodes mm-hmm. that are really just classic episodes are still really good. And the ride at um, Disney World is amazing. <laughs> Tower oh, I of Terror. I'm, oh, oh, that's right. Tower of Terror is supposed to be... It is yeah. a Twilight Zone. They hired... And what that's they, right. And Disney actually had uh, Rod Sterling yeah. there. Like, it's crazy. It's That's cool. And it's what? all a hologram. And Anyway, the weird thing about this is that when they... The last time they did a Twilight Zone movie, they hired, like, four different directors, one of whom was Steven Spielberg, and they, they made sort of four little vignettes in a movie, like... Um, Sort of like what they did with Four Rooms, you know, mm-hmm. the Quentin Tarantino-ish movie. Um, I love Tim Roth. I love Tim Roth too. Uh, in fact, that actually was Tim Roth. That's <laughs> the problem. That guy's a fucking dick. Anyway, don't um, lie to me, James. Uh, <laughs> so that bitch. Tim Roth shout out was an abomination. <laughs> the the thing is, I don't know how you make if if there's only one director that makes it sound like they're going to make one long story, and I don't know what that story is. There isn't really a story to the Twilight Zone. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Gremlin like, on the Wingo plane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something on the wing. Like, there's a whole lot of little vignettes, and that's what the Twilight Zone was. And that's why when they made the first movie, they were like, well, let's just make really good versions of some of those stories so people hear them. But I don't know how you make one story out of that. I don't know. You I know? guess you could tie it all together. I mean... Oh, that sounds like... That just sounds like shit. Oh. I mean, like, you know, you have one story and then there's a... I guess you have a couple stories that all meet yeah. in the middle. I don't know. Personally, what Pulp I would hope is now. that they Pulp find... Uh, they find one story that isn't really about the Twilight Zone. Is more like... It's more like one of those stories before. Like, where there's sort of a moral, there's some creepy stuff, you don't always know what's going on. And it's just a cool movie that they call the Twilight Zone. And then we could just have, like, a chain of movies where they call it the Twilight Zone. Or they call it, you know, the Twilight Zone 2 or whatever. Or they give it a subtitle. And it's a completely different story. They're not related. It's a different director every time. It's just like, hey, we're going to tell these cool sci-fi stories. You know? I It'd think work. that would be really neat. It'd work for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have a different director, like, you know, they're doing Tintin or something. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. So, you know, last week we talked about this this stupid motherfucking bitch who wanted to sue Drive because she thought, like, it wasn't as good as Fast Five or whatever. Mm-hmm. This week... This guy is suing Hangover 2 because it's too much like his life. Oh, yeah, that's right. Did you read, read about that. that? I don't really did remember he, the article he, very yeah, well. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't but, read, did he publish his life or something? And no, I don't think so. I really don't remember it that well, but I, I wrote it down. I heard, that movie's because been sued like four I, times, though. Well, yeah. Because the tattoo thing. But yeah. yeah. The tattoo thing, uh, a stuntman getting hurt, the monkey oh, right. uh, smoking. Tr- yeah, because they actually got that monkey to smoke. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a shame. Anyway, Come on, Todd uh, yeah, this the, whoever this stupid guy is needs to just explode. Uh, the next sentence I just want to say because I think it's really cool. DreamWorks Animation this week won a bidding war for Captain Underpants. They did. So they're gonna make a Captain Underpants movie. What's Captain Underpants? Exactly. It's no, it's just my. I, I know what it is. It, my it, little brother is ten years younger than me, so he used to get them all the time. It's like this kid who's in. Um, Junior high or high school, junior high, and his superhero is he wears whitey tidies with a cape around his neck, and that's his adventures. Yeah, I never read them when I was that age, but they came out when I was the right age for them, um, because I'm ten years younger than Ryan. Oh shit! You are not ten years younger than me. Oh, you're right. I'm not ten years younger. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, I think the last thing I have here. So, um, I love Brian Singer. I really do. But he, good, he's gay, so you know. <laughs> oh, really? James and Brian. No, no, really? He is. I didn't know that. Wow. Wow. Is that why he made the X-Men movies? Because 
Yeah, and that's why Superman's trunks are so small and tight. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, you know, I never thought he was gay, too, because, you know, I never really pictured him talking. I just listened to his commentaries. And then uh, Superman Returns isn't, like, the greatest movie, but it has a really cool making-of documentary, and he's talking in it. He's super feminine, and he's his legs are all crossed, and he's moving his wrist up and down talking about Superman. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I've seen the section from that, uh, from that, that documentary that's on there. Where he goes and films part of King Kong. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I've seen that and I don't remember that at all. And I've seen videos with him. And I, Well, I mean, not that gay people have to all be yeah, you know, but there's little, fabulous. I mean, it was, the documentary is like three hours long, so it has yeah, little, you can I catch little things. I, I yeah. didn't know that. Anyway. Um, but he picks weird projects sometimes. He does. Like, he doesn't always pick things that I really expect him to. Like, you know, Superman was one of them where I was like, why are you going from the fucking X-Men, which you've gotten really right to Superman, you know? And then, of course, he made Superman, and it was exactly what I expected, because Superman's a bad superhero. And then, you know, it's anyway. a character now, in tights. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a guy in tights who can pull superpowers out of his ass. So he's like, I need a, I need vision <laughs> that builds a wall, and then suddenly he can build walls with his eyes, <laughs> which he has done in a movie. Super muscular, Look super strong. <laughs> but what's weird this week is he has decided he's going to make a Battlestar Galactica movie. With it, which it will in no way be related to the wildly popular TV show that just ended a couple of years ago, um, which was only good for the first two seasons. But still, uh, I this is a really weird turn. I don't know why those people don't have a say in it because they're pretty critically acclaimed um, producers of that. It's a question of who has the rights. It's not a question of who they don't have the movie rights with the show. Um, well. Well, they might have the I'm distribution sure. rights or something, like or the naming rights. I don't know. I guess. It, yeah. I guess you could come in and say, "Hey, I'm going to make a movie called Battlestar Galactica, but I'm not using any of the characters." Okay, you can make it. I mean, something like that. When you're done making a show like Battlestar Galactica, what do you do with the rights if not sell them to somebody who you expect in 20 years is going to make a show, uh, another show, or another movie or something? So I would expect that as soon as Sci-Fi knew that they weren't going to be able to do anything else with it, they probably. Well, it's still a big franchise, and they have tons of merchandising. I guess that's. I guess that's with the true. show. So I'm not sure. Like I'm. This is shots in the dark. I really don't yeah. know. All I know is that he has decided he wants to make a Battlestar Galactica movie, or that somebody came to him with the idea. All we know is he's tied to it. Battlestar yeah, Galactica. <laughs> his uh, his apt <laughs> yep, pupil I was good. there. His what apt pupil? That was good. I haven't seen that. It's good. It's Brad Renfro and uh, another gay guy. <laughs> Valkyrie uh, was really good. Totally Valkyrie spacing out his name. Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. Yeah. Anyway, that's all the news I got. How long did that take? Uh, we're at the 22-minute mark, but, you know, it doesn't yeah, have to right. be an hour show. No, 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 no. Because uh, the only person who complains about how long this podcast is is already here and not listening, so she's not going <laughs> to listen to the podcast. Uh, um, but who knows? We might have a lot of stuff to talk about what we've been seeing. Yeah, you know. I, oh, oh, I, I got, got a shit ton of stuff. Um, I guess we should start And with we're going to spend 10 minutes on uh, The Walking Dead premiere. Did you watch it? <laughs> I didn't. Fred. No fucking way, Brad! You had one thing to do! Yeah, it was called watching Breaking Bad. No, it... What? I had a lot to no, catch up no, on. No, 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 you needed to watch The Walking Dead. Yeah, oh, but... shoot, I won't get to just pop onto Comcast and download it and make up the time later. So we're going to spoil this episode for you. Oh, fuck, I don't uh, want to... La, 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 out. But, man... Uh, the first 25 minutes of that show... Like, I don't get scared in shows too often, or in movies... But it was pretty harrowing, and oh yeah, absolutely. And because I've read the, uh, not the best. I, I will say, if I have something to complain about, I don't think that the first step that the episode takes with him, it sort of starts off with him sort of narrating yeah, the things the that have happened. Yeah, and it's hilarious. not it's not well written and it's not well read to be completely yeah. honest. Like it started and I was scared. I was like, no, what did you do? Why has this show gone bad? But then right after that, it picked yeah, right back I, up, was, and you're like, okay, cool, this is good. I think because they thought they could get more viewers in. Yeah. Like, oh, oh yeah, we're gonna have and they him, did like recap this show and it's going to be amazing yeah uh the episode since i mentioned this the episode set ratings records yeah, from seven, 10 years back yeah seven million um, people seven million people for basic like, cable it's uh, crazy i love that they introduced the herds and i said that in a yeah. previous podcast i think that's where we're going yeah and kirkman wrote the episode i know he wrote the season premiere oh yeah and uh and it's a good one i think it's a better episode than uh Bato's was in season two, I think in the, season one, I think I mean, the series premiere and this premiere are pretty close to being the best episodes. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the se- the series premiere is a much more emotionally impactful episode. 
you know that the story about the guy in the house is is really good and sticks oh, yeah. with you. Uh, whereas, yeah, um, but there was. Uh, this one, this one, I think sets up things that are going to happen in this season really well. Oh, and yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, the, um, uh, there were a couple times where I was like scream, screaming at the TV, like, "Oh, you guys don't know what's gonna happen, but I know what's gonna yeah, happen." And how great is um, Greg Nicotero's zombie work? Oh, oh, it's the, great. The zombie that stumbles into the RV is mm-hmm. one of the coolest looking zombies I've oh, yeah. ever seen. And, and that scene is great. And you know, it is great because I, I thought it was cool. I. The, the Talking Dead was okay. Oh, um, I didn't get a chance to watch it yet. It was okay. Patton Oswalt was on it, so that's pretty cool. Patton Oswalt I'm and James big, I'm Gunn. I'm a big fan of uh, uh, Chris Hardwick. Yeah, Hardwick, he so was, was good on it. Hey, he, um, what was cool about him is when he was talking about it, because it's basically a show that recaps, he doesn't watch the shows previously. Oh. And he watches them so he can get invested in them with everybody else. So that's kind of a cool thing I found out. Oh, that's out. cool. That's cool. And they do the show live right after. Yeah. Right after the Western premiere. So they show it here, and then they show a repeat, and then they do that. Yeah. Uh, he does a podcast I listen to called The Nerdist, and he is, he is exactly that. You know, like yeah, one so of the things that's fun about him is, uh, like I said, I didn't get a chance to see it, but I would imagine that he gets to him watching that show right before he records means that he is gushing the way. Yeah, that and most cool is because be right you know afterwards. one of the things that they explored in guts, which you've seen, is that they cover themselves with the zombie guts. The zombies can't smell them, yeah. and that's how they distinguish them between the two. And so in this episode, remember, there's some instances where zombies are walking by him. And they just don't notice them. Yeah. Uh, and so Chris Hardwick said, hey, that's a good point. I'm going to ask Robert Kirkman when he's on the show. And so he asked Robert Kirkman, uh, and Kirkman said, well, you know, that's just their interpretation of what the zombies do. Yeah. That's not fact-based. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And well, and I, w- I would also say that, you know, if the zombies see you and you don't smell like them, then maybe then they know that you're human. Mm-hmm. But the zombies never see them. And, yeah. And because these people have been out in the wilderness and not taking showers and shit... Though they did shower in the CDC, but still, um, they're they're gonna smell sort of like the world. Yeah. So under a car, they're gonna all smell. You know, you're not gonna necessarily smell the meat. And I, I, I would, ex- I would. Ex- I thought uh, it was a really creepy scene when uh, Rick opened the church door. Yeah. And everything the, in the church. Is, and there's is zombies really good. like sitting in pews. Yeah. Either shadows are the former selves, but is very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And then of course the biggest moment in that episode was. Which, you know it's we happening. We can't. I, 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 I really, we know we can't talk about it. You know, yeah, I want to okay, make this well, clear. We you, can't say yeah. what happens. You know it's going to happen. I don't know. They set it up where you thought it was going to happen, but then they took it a different way. Right. And then it happened. And then it, yeah. You said, oh, man, yeah. here we go. Which is really vague and horrible. Yeah. But man, And that's, that scene is really good. It, oh, I, like, great. even taken out of what, what the, you know, the shocking moment, that scene that leads up to that and everything is really, really good. Yeah. Uh, and s- again, sets up a dynamic that will be extremely yeah. important. Give me a sign. And is that the sign he was mm. given? Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's a great, great show. And I'm so excited it's back. Me too. And good. I want it to stay this good. Absolutely. Um, anyway, what else did you watch this week, Ryan? Actually, I watched a really cool documentary called Conan O'Brien Can't Stop. Oh, and it's uh, streaming this. on Netflix. And if you have the opportunity, you have to watch this yeah, documentary. It's in my queue. Well, let me ask. Um... Are you a big Conan fan? I am. If I'm not a Conan fan, would I not like it as much? Uh, you'd still like it. Because okay. he... Th- it has an interesting... I mean, premise. I have... A, here's the thing. I have a lot of respect for him, and I like him. I just don't enjoy the show. Like, I don't yeah. I don't watch him regularly. I'm not a fan. That's yeah, what I would it's, say. It's kind of interesting, because it, it's literally a week after he got dismissed mm. um, from The Tonight Show. Yeah. He started filming this documentary, and he started planning this tour... And uh, the reason it's called Conan O'Brien Can't Stop is because he can't stop, like, entertaining people. Uh, he has some really great uh, character, mo- uh, I don't know if, char- uh, human moments, where he's, he did two shows in, at Radio City in one day, or maybe it's just one show one day, then he did the ne- another sold-out show the next day. Right. And they show him, and he's just exhausted. And, I mean, because I mean, when you watch him, he pours his heart out in these performances, and he says, you know what, I can't do this. If someone comes in here and wants to fucking meet me, I'm going to be so pissed off. I need to save my voice. And I mean, this is exactly what he's saying. He's saying, I'm going to be fucking pissed off. Please leave me alone. I don't want to meet anybody. I want people to leave me alone. 
And then one of his uh, backup singers comes in. She says, hey, Conan, do you want to meet my family? He's like, oh, yeah, I'll totally meet your family. And he goes on for like 20 minutes shaking their hands and like doing his like goofy Conan stuff. And they leave. He's like, oh, my God, this is so fucking exhausting. I can't do it. And then he's like, oh, there's all these, they're barricading people outside. So they, uh, he says, well, I just can't leave them out there. And so he goes out there and signs all these autographs. And wow. uh, it's a pretty interesting thing. And he didn't even have his show completely done until they sold tickets and he started selling out in like five minutes in certain areas and he's like oh fuck i really gotta make a good show here and uh, it's in his management style it actually kind of reminds me of mine where i joke with people but i'm actually being serious about what they're doing yeah and uh it, it's a really cool documentary and it's cool to see the showbiz side of a creative writer like that where he and he always thinks his shows are not good no matter how good people like him. Well, that's because he's a writer. Exactly. And I, I told, uh, you know, I was talking to Laura about it. I think it's a comedian thing, too. Oh, absolutely. You, you, what, it's a, it's a creative thing. thing. Yeah. Uh, um, Cormac McCarthy has a really good moment, uh, comment on it that I don't remember perfectly, but he basically says, like, you know, writers and creative people in general are, to, you know, they're trying to get everything perfect, and as soon as they're finished with one thing, they look at it and go, "Oh, that wasn't that wasn't it," and they move on to the next thing, trying to sort of make people forget the last thing. Yeah, you know? so it was, uh, which is why he's one of the best. But, it, anyway. it, yeah, and that's why the Conan O'Brien thing is really funny. Uh, one of the funniest stupid jokes in the whole bit was he did a show at Bonnaroo, and then his management signed him up to introduce every act on the main stage after he did his show, and he was pissed off about it. Because he says, why do I have to do this? And he said, I wasn't even told about this until two days ago. And then all of a sudden he starts going into these bits he can do for every person. And then he goes out there and he performs. And they're flying on the jet afterwards. He's, and he says, hey, guys, guess what I did? I introduced Nas and Ziggy Marley. We're friends. <laughs> and he kept on doing that for, like, the whole flight. And then they were in a limo. And he says, hey, Andy, I know Nas. Let me call him. Oh, no, wait. I'll call Ziggy Marley first. This <laughs> is just funny stupid joke that went on for like 10 minutes well, that's good. so yeah you should check it out definitely check it out it's cool, hilarious yeah, I'll have to look at it. a great into this mind of a genius cool Brad like I said I spent the whole past week introducing myself and getting sucked into Breaking Bad and how do you like it I think it's pretty awesome <sighs> it has those awesome moments that uh, 24 did uh, like moments of badassery sprinkled throughout this um, which I always thought was just a show about cooking meth and trying to sell it, but it's actually no. the decline of a good man. Which I was I was wonder what the title of the show actually meant, and mm-hmm. uh, it's a guy fall, a good man falling from grace, basically yeah. just descending into becoming a bad guy. Yeah, I think in the pilot, uh, Jesse, who is sort of his sidekick, he's like, says "What are you breaking about, bad like, now? What are you breaking bad?" Yeah. And that's where you realize the slang like breaking is, is slang. Right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 turning, turning yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that is exactly what the show is. Yeah. And you don't realize it because he's you love him so much, especially in that first season. That then, yeah, as each season progresses, and it, it you know, it's not spoilers to tell you that it sort of keeps going. Mm. Um, that he. You realize he is doing worse and worse things, and he is a worse and worse person each season, and yet you still really like him, and you're still really rooting for him. It's an amazing achievement um, on on the creative side to be able to do that. Has anyone ever done, like, like basically, I don't think you've ever seen, like, the creation of a villain explored in as much detail as the show does. Oh, yeah. I don't um, I don't think so. I mean, certainly not in as much detail since it's because it's a show, you really get to see, you know, the minute yeah. It's amazing how insignificant uh, some things are and how catastrophic mm-hmm. they become later. It's, oh, absolutely. Uh, it's just... Yeah. The, the, that's a show where characters will make choices and you think, like, well, that... You know, it's no big deal. That's probably not going to be a big deal, and then it's a huge deal. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's for reasons that the character didn't know about, and sometimes it's just from chance. Um, season two is with the plane, correct? The end of season two, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's a big one. That's where, the only thing that's you... a bit like kind of far fetched. Yeah. But... yeah, yeah. And the show does have those every now and then. Where, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's an amazing show, and Brian Cranston just kills it. Yeah. I, everybody on that, well. Yeah. Brian Cranston and the guy who plays uh, Jesse, they're they're amazing. Um, is uh, um, I haven't checked, but is the show kind of developed by some people from Deadwood? Um, you know, I'm not really sure. It's uh, Vince Gilligan, 
is the main guy who's yeah, been around. It's not around. the same creator because David Milch created Deadwood. Um, but um, I, I just thought it was interesting because there's a lot of parallels. Like Anna Gunn was Bullock's wife. Oh um, yeah. In Deadwood, and then they both had like a character with cerebral palsy. Um. Oh no, that's there. producer. So. It's not a big deal. I'm no, yeah. Uh, oh, that's right. No, Vince Gilligan actually came out of the X Files. Um, that was sort of the thing that got him famous. He was also on a show. He he wrote for the Lone Gunman before that. But the X Files is really where he sort of got his chops. Um, and in fact, it looks like. Oh no, yeah. Uh, and then that was the last thing. The last big thing he was really involved in before Breaking Bad. Um, shoot, there was something I was gonna say. Oh, uh, the Sun. Also has a really great arc in that so in that show, or not arc so much as the relationship between him and Walt is interesting and dynamic and fresh in the way that a lot of sons on TV shows are not. And I say that because I said I brought this up about Terra Nova, where the first episode of Terra Nova, you get this son who's rarely like he's you dead. He, exactly, he's that cliche angsty yeah. kid. And on Breaking Bad, he's not like that. He yeah. he actually really loves his father, and then has to watch this horrible shit happen around him, and you're like, how yeah. is he going to deal with this? It, it's fascinating. The show's he deviates great. once in a while. Like, he gets upset with yeah. his dad, but well, yeah, eventually but it, comes it's around. In, like, it's in human kind of ways, you mm-hmm. know? Um, he reacts to things that happen. He's not, I'm a teenager, you know? Yeah. He's um, just, yeah. He's more grown up for that's great. his age, yeah. And it's then, really great. It's kind of like Mad Men, only things really happen, so Brad, <laughs> Ryan might actually like it. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's a little disturbing, though, too, because Walter also kind of, like, Jesse's, like, his dark side son. Oh, yeah. Like, he doesn't realize it, but he's actually more invested in Jesse a lot more than his own son. But Um, it never really comes across on, like, his family side. But anyway, I'm just... Yeah. should probably move on. I'd like to say something about that, since you're not through season four. We'll we'll leave that for another time. The Breaking Bad logo has periodic table elements on it. Very good, Ryan. Which Very it, good. If, if our audience were listening, Laura would be like, oh, that's cool. But, what um, is the BR and the BA? Badass. And uh, bromide and, I don't know. Uh, hey, science people. What is, what, on the periodic table of elements, what's BA and BR? BE? Borium. No, B, BR and BA. Barnum. Uh, BR, I believe, is bromium. It's been fucking Bro. Anyway, science is stupid. Um, <laughs> is that the only thing you watch? BA's oh, you already said yeah. that's how you spend all. Because <laughs> you didn't even watch The Walking Dead, so that better be the only thing you watch this week. That is the, okay. Well, I, I watched Mary Tyler Moore show, but yeah, I watched a bunch of shit um, this week on The Young and the Restless. This one guy, like his wife, gave birth, right? But not to his baby. It was his brother's baby, and so like in the same day, he lost his brother, his wife, and. Like his son is like unborn, just baby. It wasn't his, and it was really sad. Why are you really watching sad. Days of Our Lives? Because it was on TV at work when I was on break. You know, you could change the channel. No, I actually don't show. think I Please can. Please cut out the jokes. I really, I don't think I, I don't think I can <laughs> change the channel. I don't think they let me. Uh, I think it's against the rules. Hey, did you guys watch that? A funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer. Oh, okay. Uh, nope. uh, Marvel put out another one of those little shorts. You know, that's about. It's just about Agent Coulson, mm-hmm. sort of. Uh, and this one's actually kind of cool, because this one, like, Agent Coulson gets to kick a little bit of ass. Is this it's one a, that's on the Captain America one? Or is it... A, I think so. Is it I, a, just when they put it online? I th- well, I just saw it online, and it's been out for a while, and the Captain America DVD's not out yet. So I think it's just one that they may have just put out. Um, but either way, it's actually kind of cool. I mean, it's a scene that you've seen in a dozen different movies, or more than that, where, like, he's in a... He's in a gas station, and then somebody comes in to rob the gas station. But then he gets to kick a little ass, and it's cool. So you should go and check nice. it out. Um, I also, on a serious note, I got to see the Green Hornet this week. Which we... That the was, Green Hornet or the Green Lantern? The Green Hornet. Okay. Uh, I don't remember what this... Some, anyway. It came um, out in January. That's it did. Yeah. It did. Uh, and I didn't get a chance to see it in theaters, and I kind of regretted it. But then it didn't get great reviews, and anyway. But I wanted to see it because it was Michelle Gondry making, like, an action movie, which is kind of neat. This movie is awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. My mom loved the shit out of that movie. I love the shit out of this movie. I really do. Yeah, it's it not was, as bad as people make it out to be. It's not bad at all, I don't think. I mean, there's some, there's a little bits of goofy stuff, but there's sort of supposed to be. And one of the, one of the, 
Anyway, you should see the movie. You should absolutely see the movie because it's really, really fun. Yeah. Uh, I saw it. Seth Rogen is great. Uh, the guy who plays... Um, Kato. Uh, yeah, the guy who plays Kato is really good. Their relationship is really well written. Cameron Diaz is not very good. Uh, Christoph Waltz is really good yeah, in is. a character that is... It's funny because Super when I saw the trailers for that... I thought, like, oh, well, they, they just thought, like, well, he was a bad guy in Inglorious Bastards, we'll make him a bad guy again. But that's actually not at all the character he's playing. Like, he's not just playing a straight-up bad guy. He's playing a guy... He's playing a bad guy who's trying to find his super... Yeah, he's basically... Identity. He's a normal bad guy who then wants to be, like, a super villain. Yeah. You know? In he's kind of like Red the, Mist, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> sort of, in a way. Yeah, he's got this really bizarre relationship with his image. And it's really... It's, it's interesting. Yeah. Seth Rogen is amazing he's really good um and it's 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 fun I, in ways that i didn't expect i was a little timid going in and so you know don't expect amazing expect timid and then be, be entertained um just like real steel <laughs> yeah no um and the last thing i saw was the muppets i i, I kind of want to go and revisit the original muppet movies or the first three before the new one comes out because I didn't, we didn't own those when I was a kid, and so I don't feel like I've seen them a lot. Uh, and the result is that I don't know that I know them very well, or have even, I don't think I've ever seen the Great Muppet Caper at all. Um, so I rented the Muppet, the original Muppet movie, and that movie still really holds up very well. Some of the, some of the uh, cameos don't, because I don't know who everybody is. But like the Steve Martin one oh, is I love great. The Steve Martin one. Uh, <laughs> is the soup any good? <laughs> Excellent choice, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's the champagne. Or uh, they, they think it's champagne, but it's like sparkling wine. Oh, see, that's been years since I've seen that. Exactly. But I just always yeah, remember no, the Stephen Martin bit where he yeah, spits yeah, it yeah. out. Yeah, uh, and Mel, Mel Brooks is great in it. Um, yeah, that movie still really holds up. It really. I mean, there's a couple of songs where I was like, okay, you know. And I've never liked Miss Piggy. I don't know what the deal with that is, but I've always found her obnoxious. Yeah, me too. But other than that... Uh, but yeah, I love Kermit and... Uh, yeah. Yeah. And the Rainbow Connection is still really cool, and there's a lot of, you know, great moments in that movie. So you're going to watch the first three? You're not going to watch Muppet Treasure Island or Well, I, I owned Muppet, Muppet Treasure Island Girl. when I was little, so that movie I know very, very well because I loved it. Um, in fact, I bet if we watched it today, I would still be able to tell you what's going to happen next. Muppets in um, Space isn't very good, though. That's one Muppets in Space, I think, is from. bad. Yeah. 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 Muppets in Space. I was the right age for Muppets, Muppets in Space, and we saw it in theaters, and I was like, this is not good. And I feel like if that's how I felt then, when I was the target audience, then now, if I watch it, it's going to completely be lost on me. <laughs> so, what's the other one? I mean, there's a bunch of like made-for-TV ones, but oh, oh, Muppet Christmas Carol, Muppet Christmas Carol and which Space I also Man. owned and is I, I think is great. Muppet Christmas Carol's good. You get to see Michael Caine sing, which is insane. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, and that's everything I watched this week. Nice. Busy week for the real nerds. I was. Um, I also watched a lot of Star Trek DS9, which is a good show. Never seen it. Yeah. <laughs> Probably never will. <laughs> Probably never will. Probably never will. Um, unless I sit down with you guys like, hey, watch this fucking episode, you asshole. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, I wouldn't do that with DS9. I'd do that with Darmok from Star Trek The Next Generation. Anyway. But this week we watched Red State, and Brad, should people watch Red State? I think they should give it a shot. <clears throat> James? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, if if it sounds like something that's up your alley, if, if the... The content, I would say, as far as it being rated R, is something that you are okay with, then absolutely you should see it. I think people should see it, too. Trailers. My Savior makes me whole again. In his shining eyes. In his shining eyes. I see the promise of all forgiveness to set you free. I see the face of Jesus on my way this night. And my Savior is that you come. I fear God.
You better believe I fear God. So the movie with is a Kevin Smith movie, and even on the Blu-ray cover it says an unexpected film by Kevin Smith. Mm. That Kevin Smith. That Kevin Smith. Oh, and, does it actually yeah. have the the Twitter on there? Yeah. Oh, okay. It leaves the ad off, but oh, okay. But uh, yeah, it's it is different. I mean, as far as a Kevin Smith movie goes, I mean, uh, the beginning where the kids are talking has a lot of Kevin Smith uh, dialogue. Yeah. But it's 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 tonally very different, and so, like like you can say that because it's you know kids talking dirty about sex, but it's tonally so different that I don't think that it relates to the things that he did in Clerks. Well, I guess we should also talk about what it's about. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, it's about... Basically, it's based on the Southern Baptists. Yeah. Um, what's the dude's name originally? Uh, Michael... Uh, Fred Phelps. Fred Phelps. And not, Ma- not Michael Phelps. Phelps. My, not Michael Phelps, a no. swimmer. And it's Michael Phelps about, is actually the guy who was growing weed in the place next door to yeah. Fred Phelps. It's about extreme religion and uh, basically brainwashing people into believing how you feel. And the brainwashing could be... Um, you know, I don't know, uh, a religion. And, well, or it could be the government. And it's, it's about hate-mongering. And, yeah. And, 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 and it, sort it, of interpretation. Exactly. Um, it's... it's uh, Because... It, it focuses on one aspect, and that's the homosexuality. Yeah. And, well, because that's a lot of what Fred Phelps focuses on, unfortunately. Um, but specifically, it's this sort of uh, division of Christianity that is full of hate. Yeah, and it's the idea that what if they got guns and decided to start killing people? You know, and it's it happens a lot in in history where people misinterpret what's written in religion or written in books about religion and how they interpret it, and then how they you know spread the word, I guess, and how some gullible some people are. I've always said that it's a it's an issue of people reading and looking for rules and as such missing lessons. If you if you see what I'm saying, like you're you're looking for what things you can follow instead of what you're trying to be told. But anyway, so anyways, yeah, that's the, enough of the seriousness. Yeah, the kids. The truth is, this is a crazy movie. Yeah, they, so the kids in the movie are answer an ad for uh, sex to have sex with a girl. Yeah, uh, on it's their like iPhone. A, yeah, they're <laughs> they're, they're going on to some yeah. kind of Craigslist and trying to get. A foursome going between... And obviously these kids have never had sex because it's... That's what I thought was kind of interesting about it. The way they talk to each other about having sex is... Like oh, they're so awkward. Yeah, it's and awkward. Like, and like they've never had it before. And the dude, Billy Ray, I don't know where they found him in like the swamp in Florida. <laughs> and told him not to cut his hair because he's perfect for the part. Yeah, yeah. Well, I no, I was actually Nicholas Bronicker that plays that character, and he actually said, like, when he was cast, he called he called Kevin Smith and said, "I want to grow a rat tail," because I think that this character should have a rat tail. And then he said, "Do you know what a rat tail is?" And Kevin goes, "Yeah, of course I know what a rat tail is. I I had one when I was your, age, you know." <laughs> um, but so that was his idea, which good on him because it makes that character so much more pathetic. Yeah. Uh, but I think well, we're already in spoiler section, so we need to talk about the fact that there is. There is no one good in this movie, which is a big part of what is so powerful about it, is that he he not only doesn't take a side on the issue, I mean, he sort of takes a side as to be like, all of this is fucked up, but there's no one good, there's no one that you can actually relate to and enjoy that character, because as soon as you start to like somebody, he will then turn them around and make you realize, like, oh, this person is fucking horrible too, and he's... He does it every single turn, you know. There are even scenes halfway into the movie where you know who's good and who's bad. Actually, well, there is no one good, like I just said. But you know where people stand, and then they're given speeches where you think, like, oh, oh, she just wants to save these kids. And then as she's talking, she'll start talking about the fucking Zionist movements and shit like that. And you go, oh, my God, this bitch is stupid and (laughs) evil. Like, they all need to just die. And that's exactly what happens. I, don't know, I thought John Goodman's character. I don't really think he was a bad guy in it. No, I think he was. But 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 John Goodman's character is willing to kill a house full of kids, as long as he gets a text message saying he can cover his own ass. Like I mean, that is the one where you can almost agree with him. You know, where you feel like these people are evil and they're they're killing people and this needs to stop because he's at least in a tough situation where he's making a tough choice. But still, he's not willing to like. I I, I don't know. I guess in my own mind i don't think he would actually go in there and kill the children 
Um, I can see what you're saying. Because and, and even he, there is a moment where he gets he makes that choice. Yeah, because yeah. you know at the end when they're running up to him, he tells him to stop. Yeah, and so I, and I think John Goodman's amazing in the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. his uh, even his little phone conversation he's having where you don't hear the other side of the conversation, but for some reason you know exactly what he's being told. I think is uh, pretty funny. Oh yeah, that's great. That's great. I mean, everybody in the movie is really good. Stephen Root gets a an amazing dramatic performance in this movie, where he be, has to be both really sad and really like I hate to keep using the word pathetic, but the, so many people in this movie are. Um, he's really pathetic. Like he he's almost a goofball. Like he trips at one point, and it's funny because you're just like this guy is so stupid that he can't get in a car. Yeah. You know. Uh, and and yet when you meet him you feel sorry for him you know it it's a hard movie to even talk about because Kevin Smith Actually, breaks every single rule of storytelling and filmmaking while he does this thing because he gives you nothing to hold on to I, I will say there is one character you can root for and that's the deputy he doesn't do anything oh that's true well but he dies yeah he not, dies really quick yeah not it's his not his fault though he's literally following up because the sheriff is too ashamed to go find the car that hit him because he's getting right. a BJ from a dude on the side of the road. So yeah. the deputy comes up and he just asks, you know, where would I, should I take my wife? Is Italy nice? <laughs> he's Italy nice. And then, um, you know, Aben Cooper said that it's full of Italians. Italians. And he says, yeah, you're right. And then <laughs> I guess he hears he shots and he tries to stop and he gets killed for yeah. his trouble. But he's such a small character that it's like, yeah. I mean, that's like saying that like the little sister is actually, you know innocent enough that you should be rooting for her to live but uh brad what do you think of the movie um i think for the most part it's like uh it's uh kevin smith like he does well branching out uh doing something different for once but i my only gripe with the movie i guess is that the end seems very like we ran out of money now we need to explain everything in a talking head scene which kevin smith is traditionally very good at um and i think uh, but it's it seems like really far fetched, like the whole siren thing, and then he had to throw in like just like let me get my weed comment in real quick, and it just it oh, felt yeah. like really yeah, yeah, it yeah. felt like a cop out <laughs> to me. Um, after the after all this great dramatic stuff, then there's just like here's but three people in a room talking. I I, I got you. I got you. Yeah. yeah so I, you it, know, yeah. it felt kind of weak to me i but. read a review where they said the same thing yeah. and, but to me I and i think th- I, I felt that way i think after we first saw it i didn't feel it tonight but i i, I, I could forgive it because you know they had a small budget and like a lot of people were you know, like almost doing stuff for free for the movie so it, you know it's it's fine but, but if, if you think of the movie as just this entity that doesn't have you know money and assets behind it it's just like right if you look at storytelling it, wise it's just, just kind of see to me i actually thought lame. that part changed it to more of a coen brothers kind of movie um, and because too, he explains. I mean, I, I don't know if it's a money thing because he just headbutts him, and I mean, you couldn't stay on the shot while he headbutts him. Yeah, I, I think it was more of. I, I mean, I, you're not the only person who feels that way. So I mean, obviously, I've, maybe I'm just feeling a different way. To me, it feels like it's a Coen Brothers kind of Tarantino ending, where you have this big buildup, and then all of a sudden, it just cuts to someone talking about what what's happened. I I, I mean, I I could I, be wrong, but I, I agree. Say. The way that I read it now is sort of that. One of the things I love about it is that you get to that ending and that siren rings and to be honest when I first watched it I I, think I, I, I really thought people are going to start being raptured yeah, yeah God is coming like I almost kind of wanted to see that the big twist at the end like, was going to be that God is actually coming and I didn't know if I liked that or not and so it sits like the stakes in that moment are so high that then I like that he undercuts it with reality you know, like you really don't know what's going on, and then suddenly he cuts to a, a room with some guys. It's in the future, and you know, like, oh, I'm back to something tangible. I'm back to somewhere. I I know where I am now, and then these guys are going to explain it. And I think there's a lot of good dialogue in there. I think that he has. I think there's a lot of good dialogue in the whole movie. Right. And that's one of the things that I don't think people are talking about as much is that, yes, the move the dialogue doesn't sound like Kevin Smith, but it's also really well written drama. Like, there's some really good the. The um, how much does this, does a cross like that cost line is classic to me. Like it's exactly what the whole movie is about. Um, and so that last scene with the, with the analog- the 
anecdote about the dogs I think is really good and sums up the movie in a way that if you simply you know had sort of the end of that action sequence and you beat the bad guy and you leave I think we'd be left a little bit hanging I think we need a scene like that one I'm not saying we need to like because I don't believe you need to like telegraph everything and show everybody but yeah I I almost kind of wanted to see like him make that left turn and really commit to it like if there really was a rapture, like I would never have expected that out of this movie and probably oh, be blown absolutely. away by it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's also like, okay, but, that works in my head, but could Kevin Smith really pull that off to where I would? And I don't even know how it works in, well, yeah. I, I obviously don't know how it works in your head. I don't know how it works in my head. Like if suddenly, you know, like when you read a the book rapture, and were a go- or your version of the book is, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, you see the movie and you're like, oh, well my version of my head is better. You know? Yeah. I, so. if, if the movie ended and God were there, I don't know how that would affect the movie or make the movie better. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that would make... I don't know how that would play out. I also think... Uh, so. I, I listened to one of his podcasts recently where he said he couldn't go that direction because he already basically did it in Dogma. Oh, yeah, that's right. God cleans up everything at the end. That's right. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can understand uh, that, too. And, I, a movie, and in a movie where he's trying to be sort of grounded... Grounded, yeah. I mean, there are... There are ridiculous levels of violence um he he sort of explodes everything i don't mean that literally i mean <laughs> that he he blows up these issues to their extremes but speaking um, of violence i figured out what the ram's head thing was did i tell you no um in one of the podcasts he was talking about like they had a special effects budget of five thousand dollars and uh in the script original script he wrote in that one of the characters was supposed to be wearing a ram's head it's supposed to be very scary looking, like like the pig head and saw. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he asked how much it would cost to make a fake ram's head, uh, he said $5,000. He's like, what, the whole budget? So they had to scale back and find something obviously much cheaper and also is scary and effective. And it turned out to be the saran wrap thing with oh. the gun. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we knew that because yeah. you figured that out after the, first, after the screening. Did I do that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because we talked about that then. I speculated, um, but I heard a podcast where he confirmed it. So. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, Which I thought was actually a good, like it was something, you know. Oh, I, the saran wrap. It was creative, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, that's right, because after the screening, we thought, you thought that it was the sheet. Yeah. yeah. Which the sheet isn't as, I don't think is as good. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, the saran wrap is good. Uh, anyway. I don't remember where it was. Um, but I really enjoy it. I really do. Me too. Um, I love the believe line at the end. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Says. I, it's amazing what people do when they believe they're entitled. And, yeah. you know, even more so what they'll do when they just believe. Yeah. It's it's, it's wonderful. Um, uh, yeah, it's... You know, it's a it's a disturbing movie, and I, I go back to the Q and A we did with him, and he said the reason he did that is because he didn't want anybody to expect it. Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted everybody to be uncomfortable the whole time. Yeah, which it are. is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's you always you can't root for anybody. You know, I love that. There's no story arc for one character. As soon as you think somebody's yeah, as soon as you think that somebody is your main character, they die, and so you have you have nothing to hold on to. Um, it's 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 bizarre. It's, I, we will probably never see a movie like it again because. It's rare that you find a movie like things generally like uh, are not generally genuinely surprise me. Like, oh yeah, like gunshots and just like cuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a lot of movies you see, you you kind of even if you don't expect it, there's kind of like a split second where you feel something's coming, mm-hmm. and here it's like you don't even know something's coming. Oh yeah, Kevin Pollock's character is yeah. <laughs> Like, well, especially because that's the thing is he he gets some of his friends in there like Kevin Pollock and then kills them after <laughs> they've had like a line and a half and you think no way you did not just shoot Kevin Pollock in the face like how no um, and Ralph Garman getting shot like how often in a movie like like the one guy shoots the other Ralph guy Garman and the other guy the walks movie? away yeah. but both of them get taken out at the same oh, yeah. time yeah, yeah. like it's that would scene. legitimately happen if that kid yeah. has finger on the trigger it just starts yeah yeah, yeah it's great good to see um, logic work uh we haven't even talked about the fact the thing that everyone else talks about when they talk about this movie which is Michael Parks who hmm. is oh. absolutely amazing his, I mean he's chilling is it and 10 or 15 minutes where it's just him talking I, I think it's longer than that now I think it's 10 it was originally like 17 or 15 or yeah, it was originally like 15 and then he cut it down to 10 for the version we first saw and then I think it's a little longer I think it's like 12 minutes amazing moment. of just him monologuing um and, and the thing about it, the thing about it is that everything he says in that scene is, uh, 
real. I, I wanted to say true there for a second, but obviously I don't mean that. I mean, everything that he says in that scene is exactly the kind of fucking bullshit that someone like Fred Phelps would say. The hate-mongering garbage uh, and, and misinterpretation that someone like that uses. Um, and yeah. that's what's so scary about it, is that at the, at the lowest, you know, yes, there's all this violence, it's ridiculous, and not the kind of stuff that the Phelpses really do. I mean, there's even a line in there where they say that, you know, the Phelps, the Phelps clan sort of sues people, they don't actually kill anybody, and they don't kill anybody because it would undermine their whole, their whole idea. Um, but what's really disturbing about the movie is the ideas that these people have and how much they believe in them, and all of that is real. Yeah. And that's what's terrifying about it. Um, yeah. And most disturbing. And I love, too, his... Uh, at the end, when he thinks the rapture is coming, he thinks he's won, and his oh, yeah. his mood changes and his little dance he does, and oh. he's not scared anymore. And Oh, yeah. he's. Uh, I mean, he just embodies that character, and it's, it's unbelievable. Um, he's a guy that's been good, you know, forever. Every little bit part that he's in, you're like, that guy is really amazing, and to have him really have a role like this where you just get to see him play around is great. It's really great. I agree. I recently watched Kill Bill 1 and 2 on TV recently and he's got two characters in there and you don't know until you read the credits. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his second character is maybe my is one of my favorite moments in Kill Bill 2 uh, is is that pimp character. Uh, when he says, I would just cut your face, I'm like, oh god, this guy is just horrible. Um, but anyway. Yeah, check out Red State on Blu-ray and DVD, yeah. or video on demand, or Netflix. It's a streaming. shame that we didn't get Netflix streaming. It's a shame that we didn't get to see or it in theaters. Amazon, huh? Yeah. Because originally the plan was that they were going to re-release it in theaters, but uh, on the anniversary of the Clerks, which has yeah. passed. So yeah, and I, uh, Ryan and I were talking about this before. I have a feeling that it has to do with the fact that because they did the video on demand stuff and then did the tour, I think that maybe he couldn't get per, you know permission, couldn't get people to be like. No, no, people will come out to this movie, you know. Like, when your movie is already available in these other formats, little theaters like that might not take a chance on, you know, showing your movie, buying your movie, showing your movie, when they don't think that people are actually going to come out. Um, that's my suspicion. The people who really want to come out already came out and paid right. 60 bucks for it. Yeah. And Though I totally they're probably going to buy it. I totally would have gone again, because I would. I wanted to see it on the big screen and with, with great sound. You yeah, have a good sound system. Because um, when, when Hit Somebody goes on tour, they better get a better sound system. Uh, anyway, it's probably just Denver. We always get the shaft. <laughs> totally. Well, I, th- I think that I don't think that that was the Paramount sound system. I think that that was theirs, if I remember correctly. I don't know. Kevin Smith halls around his own sound system. Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. We saw David Cross there. I'm pretty sure they used the same. Oh, do you think so? That's just that just seems shitty. That's it. Like you don't you don't you. You well, can't I guess. rewire everything after every act. Trust no, me. but Trust if you me. well anyway, <laughs> anyway doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. What does matter is you can follow us on Tumblr, realnerds.tumblr.com. You can like us on Facebook. You could send us emails if you really wanted to. Send us emails. Realnerds at gmail.com. Please send us an email. Please, it's all we want. Where is your spin? And I wish more than twelve people would like me after a month. I wish more than three people would like. Wait, what? You are gotta you share about? those links more, James. What? Oh yeah, I have. Hey, I have been. Our page has twelve likes on it. Oh, whatever. But hey. Whatever. It's not very appreciative. No wonder we only have 12 <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah, no wonder. <laughs> oh and my well. god, I love our 12 fans. <laughs> yeah, our 12 fans, we make love to every, every week. Every week. Whoa, that we, sounds weird. I can't. You're bye. Wait, uh, whoa, speaking whoa, of weeks, whoa, what are we whoa, seeing next whoa. week? Oh, next yeah, week. What are we seeing next week? Oh, shit, I don't know. It's, let's, uh, let's kill, in let's, time. Come on, dead really? Um Oh, can we see in time? No. Come on. No. Come on. Uh, my wife just said Justin Timberlake and Grind I watched in time chair. if only Olivia Wilde just, is in the movie the Oh, that's time. fucking disturbing. It's ah. in time. Something else comes out. I don't remember. I'm Olivia. looking. I'm looking. Uh, feel some dead air for a second. What's the word? I, every time for... I see a uh, Kevin Smith movie, I want to go back and oh, watch Oh, I know what. I know what. <laughs> I know what Brad wants to see. Fuck you, fanboy. Tell we, him, Steve Dave. We actually have a lot of stuff next week. In time. Puss in Boots. The Rum Diary. And oh, anonymous! Brad's is favorite. Anonymous. Oh, anonymous. Though anonymous is listed on IMDb as limited release, so we might have to see anonymous at. If anonymous is showing at the Mayan, that's what we have to go see. 
Because Esquire, Anonymous, at, really cool yeah, yeah, yeah any of those, because that movie has no business being in a legitimate independent theater. You know, I forgot to tell wow. you though, the guy who wrote that is studied. You mean uh, Shakespeare? The, the Shakespeare. Uh, what what do you call it? The the conspiracy behind it. And he says, well, of course well, he did. No, no self-respecting writer doesn't but research. But the he was going to release about. it 15 years ago. But he said, you know what? I need to do more research. And he, oh. I guess there's two sides. There's a Shakespearean side or a Stratford side and an Oxford side. I, I, I don't know. And I guess it's a huge conspiracy that why is there no um, written works of Shakespeare ever saved? Not a letter, nothing. And yeah, I don't know. Well, it's really a really interesting article. You can read it on movie phone. The writer of it is pretty interesting. It's a conspiracy theory. He was a real guy. Well, he's a real guy. And there are there are practical reasons why his the things he wrote weren't saved. It's because he. Well, anyway, we'll talk about it next week when we see anonymous. Sure. What do we see next week? We, we didn't actually anonymous. decide that. Sweet. I don't want to see anonymous. I would well, rather see anonymous the rum diary. Or in time. No, no, the rum diary. Ah. <laughs> uh. <sighs> See, the problem with The Rum Diary is I think Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is one of the most overrated movies of all time. I think it's really overrated, too. I absolutely agree and with that you. Movie I just think The Rum Diary looks really Fear good. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Hunter yeah. S. Thompson, not that good. Yeah, I uh, said it. He's dead. He's not going to do anything about it. Oh, he is dead. That's, he that's agreed. true. He so. <laughs> oh, Zinga from the audience. Wait, so what are the votes? You're voting In Time, you're voting Anonymous, and I'm voting Rum Diary? I'm also throwing out the uh, Stars Film Festival. What is that? The Denver. It's uh, a bunch of independent stuff, like all week. So. Oh, that would take a lot of time. Uh, th- I think Melancholia just sold out or something. Oh fuck that! I am not seeing Melancholia. I'm just yeah. I, yeah. I'm no, just saying there's no. movies like that. Oh okay. It's a it's a whole and then there's like a lot of local stuff. But how come Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst looks like someone punched her in the mouth? Oh, uh, because she was born that way. Um, hey, just like Lady Gaga. My wife just flipped me off because she knows Lady Gaga is shit too. It is. It's really, it's really hypocritical garbage. <laughs> I guess we'll see you next week. We don't know what we're gonna watch, but, but we have a but choice. But there will movies. be a movie. That's the thing. That's there will what's be a great. movie. We'll end up going to see Puss in Boots. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, no. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye.